Praise the Lord. Yes, praise the Lord. It is chat time again. Now, this week we will continue to discuss current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. It's time for our segment. Did you ever wonder where that phrase came from? And everybody should know this pride comes before a fall. That means that if you are too confident in yourself, something is bound to happen to humble you and put you back into your place. And that verse can be found in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. And it reads, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And now you know where it came from. So I want to continue with our topic on evil. And last week we were talking about, you know, why did God make Adam and Eve if he knew they were going to sin? And why didn't he stop all this evil when Lucifer turned his back on the Lord and took one third of all the angels? And, and we concluded that it was part of his plan that he knew all this was going to happen and that he gave us a free will. He gave us choices to, to decide. Because what. he can't deny himself. Now, this week I want to ask, why did God allow evil men like Hitler and Saddam to come into power? He knew that, oh, yeah. oh so many people were going to be killed. But a lot of times when things like that happen, that's why the Lord tells us, we have to be ready because when the Lord chastises and when he punishes, a lot of times the just are suffer because of the unjust, but by, by the mere fact that we are saved, by the fact that they're saints, their reward is still eternal life. And 
I believe when Daniel wanted to know about the welfare of the children of Israel and the Lord showed him, I believe God showed him the Holocaust. Daniel was sick. After, after the Lord revealed to him what the future was going to hold, and uh, he, 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 he just, he couldn't, he couldn't hardly do anything. It's just like when the Lord, uh, there are certain things that happen we aren't aware. There is a constant warfare, a battle, a spiritual warfare going on all around us. And there are so many things that we aren't even aware of that's happening and how close God has spared us and rescued us from death. We just don't know. We have no idea. But some of the prophecies that he has made for certain nations is taking time, but they have come to pass. You know, and I'm thinking, you know, when he talked about Syria, some of the things that uh, he prophesied against Syria, they're coming to pass. It's just certain things. What is that? Well, you know, when you read Psalm 148, 8, and Psalm 104, 29, and 30, and Proverbs 16, 33, you find out that God is in control of the weather. He's in control of life and death. And every inconsequential happening in the world, his power extends to rulers of all nations. All wisdom and power are his. And he changes the times, he changes the seasons, he sets up kings, he deposes them. Right. You know, he's in control of everything. Right. So, and so that false prophet that gets on TV and says, God isn't in control. Oh, <laughs> he's idiot. silly. He's an idiot. That's but, God but is the point so is, much control that he lets us get out of control. So <laughs> when we, when we re read all that, we know that God knew that Hitler was going to come mm -hmm. and do all that to everybody. Mm -hmm. Kill all right. those people, torture them. Mm -hmm. Or he knew that in um, 56 AD that Nero was going to persecute all the Christians mm -hmm. in the history of the church. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the severest persecutions of the of the Christians. Mm -hmm. I mean, and and I think when Paul wrote about it a little bit in the scripture, the he, didn't name, he didn't name Nero specifically. But he was aware of Nero's wickedness. Right. He felt like it was so wicked that the Antichrist had to be very close. That's how he was thinking. Even in his time, he was thinking. All he, all Paul ever mentioned was the general truth that authorities are established by God, mm -hmm. and it applies to all rulers everywhere right. in the world. Right. The Lord puts them up, and the Lord takes them down. In Acts chapter 8, we read that all governing authorities led a persecution against the early church. Mm -hmm. It was a hard time then, I believe. And it's a hard time even now. We don't hear about... China the persecutions, like yeah, like in India and in, in in the Arab nations, we 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 are sort of, I don't know, somehow they shield us from that information. But really, saints are under persecution, and they're being martyred and killed, even as we speak. And so we have to pray. Right now, you mean? Right, right now, now, at this moment, right? People are dying. Right for the name of Jesus. 
for the love of the Lord. And the Lord knows this. And he says, you know, it's like we're in a fiery furnace, gold being tried. But we're going to come out purified as gold that's been tried in the fire. But, he, but you don't ever really know why God allowed that. I mean, I know people now, even nowadays, they ask, God knew all this was going to happen. Why did he allow me to marry so-and-so? And why did you have he... a will? You know, you know, when people talk about marriage, and they're looking for, like the Lord did with Abraham and Sarah, you know, put them together. Some people are looking for the Lord to say, this is your husband. This is your wife. Yeah, but, I, this I is, <laughs> but this is what the Lord has done. He simply says, unless it's something that's prophetic or something that you have really fasted and you asked God made a special request for, he put this. He said, if you are both in the faith, if you are both saved, then you're free to marry. That's it. That's why he also put in those amendments <laughs> that if you want to live separately because you just can't get along under one roof, you can. But, if, if it, but you have to be reconciled to one another. And it, it, because as long as you claim salvation, as long as you both claim to be saved, then you are bound by well, your there contract. Well, there was a, you know, just a simple example. But, you know, when I think about all the torture and persecution and killing of Christians all over the world, the mm -hmm. whole world, Mm -hmm. And you think about how God know, knew that that was going to happen. But it's for his glory's sake. But so what does he do when we, when we come together? He said, him that overcomes. He said, I know, he told uh, the church of Smyrna, he said, I, I, I know your trials, your tribulation. He said, and, and some of you are going to be put to death. Some of you are going to be brought before. Magistrates. Right. And he said, but I'm going to give you a, a, a crown of life. You know, there's, he said, and to the other ones, he said, such that it hasn't participated in the sin, he said, I'm going to have a, a stone, a white stone. Your name shall be written. I'll know it, and you know it. It's like a special between me and you. I put before you so Philadelphia to open door that, that no man can shut. It's like we are tried in the fire because love will compel you to hold on to the Lord regardless. Because the Lord... But can't deny himself, and if you love someone, you can't deny them either. And so you could put you go through because of love. Well, I've heard people say that God allows, and I know a lot of people don't agree with this, but uh, I've heard preachers or teachers or ministers say that God allows um, evil rulers to bring judgment on His people to bring them back to righteousness. He allows disasters. He allows... It is not necessarily his people. Sometimes he allows it to bring the unrighteous to righteousness. You know, because the people who are righteous, they're going to be holding on but out then, of love. But then people say that he's, he, they can't believe that because he's such a loving God. That's why so he does merciful. it, because he's a loving and, God. And people die. But that's, he does it because he's a loving God. Because basically, a, a physical death is nothing compared to a spiritual death. He does it because he loves us. Right, like a but then natural, like a natural father will love his son or his daughter. Right, he loves us. And, and right, so, but but then all the people that aren't saved, they perish because they choose death. You can give a person, 
Then somebody said, well, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. I said, no, but you will definitely drown the horse because if you don't choose life, then you have automatically chosen death. Yeah, he said, um, those that um, hate me love death. Right. So is that, the Lord said he doesn't, he doesn't take pleasure in the soul dying. The Lord says that he'll tell you in, a, in his word. I don't take pleasure. He said, I keep telling the person, come and live. You know, he said, but what do you do? He said, you snatch your shoulder away, you're stiff-necked, you're hard-hearted, you're hard-headed, and you refuse to hear the truth. All right, so on, on the flip side, God knows uh, that all those rulers from Hitler to Saddam to Nero to Obama <laughs> or, you know, Nebuchadnezzar, they're all um, accountable to God for their actions. Yes, too. right, because they chose death and then they deceived themselves into thinking. These people are thinking that somehow they're going to they're gonna live forever somehow. I don't, I don't understand. It's like a madness. So, so in 2 Kings chapter 20, verses 17 to 18, you see where God raised up Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon to punish Judah for their repeated idolatry. Um, mm-hmm. And, and then after Nebuchadnezzar, then you ended up with uh, Darius and Cyrus. And then you ended up with Alexander the Great, and then that was split into four separate kingdoms, and then you ended up with, I mean, they kept going down, degrading as far as their value. So, you know, even though Nebuchadnezzar was such a, a tyrant, he still had some integrity, some quality about him. His head was gold. You know, he was gold. And then you, you keep going down until you get to what we consider to be such a sophisticated generation. You get down to our time, our generation, and, and we told ourselves as being so intelligent. Lord said, you're iron and clay. <laughs> you're just about as base as you can get. Well, I know God allows all these evil people to, to go in power, whether it's a czar or a mm -hmm. king or some kind of ruler. Out of love, to shake up people to come to him, not run from him. And I was thinking too, even though they may have done all that, Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin, and even with Paul, when he when saved, he crucified, you know, Christians and stuff like that, he, they still had a chance, you know, to turn they to turned. the Lord, just like anybody else. But they would not, because they chose death. So there's going to be a day of reckoning for each and every one of them. Mm-hmm. And for what they did to people. Right. That's like the Lord said. He said when that man of sin gets cast in, into uh, the lake of fire, people are going to say, unless you know the people know things, they're going to say, is this the person that the whole world feared? Is this the person that people were is, is such awe of? Is this, is, is this him? Really? That the nations tremble? Right. So the Lord does. You mean in hell? Uh huh. So 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 the Lord does this. So others are going to be. So it's true. Right. When they when you hear these jokes, they they yeah you hear jokes 
you know, where people are gasping mm-hmm. about who ends up in heaven or who well, ends I don't, up. Well, I don't think that'll happen in heaven, but I believe it'll happen in hell, though. Who this is? It's like, <laughs> they wonder, how did you make it here? Yeah, I don't think you know? that'll happen in heaven, but I believe it'll happen in hell. Well, anyway, so um, I guess, I guess, Part of the answer is that persecution causes people to be scattered. Well, the Lord so, allows it. Um, to other countries. And I guess that's one way of... That's, that's one of the most his, horrible, I think, experiences that a person can have that can get your attention is for you to be uprooted. I mean, and that's how the gospel is spread. That's how the gospel was spread. And, and, it just and how think, the church... Grows. Right. When they scattered the Jewish people, that's how other nations came to know God. They should have known him anyway, but they have gotten so far away from the Lord that it took another nation that's, that, was, that knew the truth to share the truth. Well, here's another question. Why does God create people when he knows that they're going to hell? Oh, my goodness. Because that's what they choose to do. <laughs> I know. Because they choose it. It's not like, just because you know something doesn't mean that you have faded the individual. The Lord hasn't forced the person. He hasn't locked them into a predetermined destination. The only thing that's predetermined is that if you choose death, then you're going to be without the presence of the Lord. If you choose life, then you're going to be in the presence of the Lord. So you're saying that God doesn't make you. No, he gives you the choice. Go to to hell. No, he gives you that choice. You make yourself go to hell. You make yourself, you make your, wherever you make your bed, wherever your heart is, that's where you're going to end up. Yeah, and it's almost like when, uh, when you see kids at school and you see how they are and how they behave and stuff like that, and you see if they don't change their ways, you know, mm-hmm. destruction going to come up on them. Right, and, and you just know it. Yeah, and you know it and you see it. And you can advise them, you can tell them, you can counsel them doesn't mean that they're going to accept it. I remember when I was when I first got saved and I was just praying for uh, one of my classmates and it was a friend and my mother realized that's what I was doing and she said, well, you do know they might not ever uh, believe you. She said, and even if they got saved, she said, it might be 25 years from now. Mm-hmm. I said, like, I looked at her like, really? <laughs> because in my mind, they, I was just praying. I just felt like they. And I think they about that. The I think about that because I still pray for people mm-hmm. that haven't really changed. I mean, you see a glimmer of hope here and there, and yeah. and but they're still Doing alive, they, right? And the Lord still has mercy on them. Well, my aunt and uncle prayed for my and, mother and, and them for like 15, 20 years before they came to the Lord. And how I feel like if if. if on their deathbed, if at the very last moment it makes a difference, yes, and they choose the Lord, then my prayers have been answered. Right, because if they work for a penny for one hour, that's fine. If we agree to work for a penny for the whole day, out of love, that's you know, what we'll do. Sometimes I think there are people that don't, I mean, I don't know how to put this. I don't think that they completely reject the Lord, I think that they just can't control what they're doing sometimes. They can't, unless they're, you know, I don't know. Say, for example, 
like an addict, you know. They have lucid moments and they're good and they're serving the Lord, but something takes over and they right, go they, backwards. And they know, and they probably, I, I was even thinking about that this morning. I feel like sometimes they know in their heart that it's so very hard that they can't mm -hmm. do they, things 100% right for the Lord. They, well, they have, to, they have to give over to the Lord. They have to actually surrender themselves to the Lord. Comes a time when a person, I don't care how many uh, demons are holding them, you have to do like the person that was cutting themselves and said, Lord, you know, deliver me. The person was possessed with legions. You had, after, after a while, you had to come to yourself and realize you, you can't save yourself. Lord, I need you to save me. When you reach that point where you can humble yourself and cry out to God, God will answer. Well, anyway, people choose to go to hell because they reject Christ. Right. Not because God makes them or causes them to go there. It's not like people can say, well, God made me do it. It's his fault. He, he should have. They're going to try that, though. He, <laughs> he should have. Um, They're definitely going to use that as an excuse. When, Lord, when did we do that? When were you naked and we didn't clothe you? When were you thirsty and we didn't give you anything to drink? As if it's like the Lord is somehow at fault with his reasoning. When did that happen, Lord? Mm -hmm. So God allows people to be born, even though they're eventually going to go to hell, but he gives them an opportunity to believe. Right. And it's a person's responsibility to make that choice. Right. And what kind of God would that be if he... if I mean, that would be like a dictator. That would be no different than... Right, so he gives us the choice. All those dictators that killed people, yeah. you know, if Out you of love. make a person... Just think. I'm going to make you serve me. Right, he sent his only begotten son. Just think. He made the ultimate sacrifice so that we could because he can't deny himself. He can't say, it's all right to sin. It's all right that you sinned. It's all right that you're in sin. No, he can't do that. He said, I can prepare a way for you to come out of sin because I'm of too pure of an eye to behold sin. The person said, oh, that's okay. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> I got this. Yeah. Anyway, so what's the biblical solution to the problem of evil? Jesus. That's the, that's the solution. You choose life. If you don't, then you have chosen death. If you don't choose the good, then you've chosen the evil. That's your solution. You know, because in Romans it says that all have uh, sinned and fall short. Right. Glory and, when you, of God. and when you recognize that, then you receive the Lord and say, Lord, against you and only you have I sinned. Save me. That's your solution. In the book of Job, it talks about, actually it's like a discussion or, or of all the reasons why mankind experiences suffering even though we don't seem to deserve it. Ha! Ha! Who's it? I mean, we feel like we don't deserve it. I know, that's the, that's the like whole we point. Don't deserve it, but, well, how we but feel. But it isn't until you get saved that you realize that you yeah, do deserve. but if you never get saved, you never come to that conclusion. You'd be like Cain. 
Instead of coming to that conclusion, you kill your brother instead. You, instead, of, instead of you saying, oh, my works were evil, Lord, forgive me, you kill the person who has done good works because your own works were, were evil. That's your reasoning. It's like a psychopath. So Psalm 22, <clears throat> the first couple of verses talks about, it says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? <clears throat> why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anger? But that was Jesus talking. Right, because he had taken on our sin. And so the Lord had distanced himself. The Lord put upon him the suffering that we should have taken, the separation that we should have experienced. The Lord took that upon himself. So the only solution is the Lord is to get saved. And he would not, he's not going to compromise himself. We have to come up to his word. He's not going to, he's not going to change his word. We have to come up to his word and let the Lord change us. Well, that's really something. Mm -hmm. That's really something. You know, and I and I think about is that Solomon that wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, mm -hmm. and he was always wondering, what's the point? What's the point? Everything is vanity. Right. Everything Without God, is, everything is. Right. Everything is. Um, and in chapter four, he says, and I uh, again, I looked and saw all the oppression that was taking place under the sun, and I saw the tears of the oppressed. They have no comforter. Right. Turn into the Power Lord. was on the side of their oppressors. They have no comforter. And I declared that the dead who had already died are happier than the living <clears throat> who are still alive. Right. But better than both is the one who has never been born, who has not seen the evil that is done under the sun. <clears throat> and that's, that was, his that was Solomon's conclusion. Except for towards the end, he realized it's, what, what is your answer to peace and hope eternal? Serving the Lord. Right. To love the Lord. He said all is vanity, vanity. without him. All is vanity without, without God. Without the Lord. Without, without God. the Lord, there's no point. That's why people can commit suicide. Without the Lord, they don't see any hope. That's why some people get up and figure they're doing the same thing every day over and over again because they don't, they don't yield themselves over to the Lord. And I think of the children of Israel, the Israelites when they were in the desert. You know, they were I'm just complaining and complaining and complaining. But, but it is a blessing to even be alive to do the same thing over, over and, and over, over again. Because God he praise. allows you to have the strength and the will to continue to go on. And the abilities that you have, maybe they're fractured. Maybe they're not what you want them to be. Mm -hmm. You know, but um, it's still a blessing. Right. And he was taking care of them, and he was looking out for them. Right. Mm -hmm. Even though they were walking, they didn't get blistered. But some people just feel entitled. You can say, oh, you look nice today. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> like well, a... that concludes our program for today. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that has breath praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from Psalm 55 and 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Now, ain't God all right? God is, is all, all right. right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, who will be as the fat of lambs? And the answer is the enemies of the Lord. And that can be found in Psalm 37, verse 20. And it reads, 
but the wicked shall perish and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume into smoke. They shall they consume away. This week's food for thought is what makes your bones fat? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.